Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. Hey, Keith. We are back together. Face to face. After a week where we were separated by oceans and... Reunited and it feels so good. Um, Because as always, (laughs) the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop. And Peaches and Herb (laughs) on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we'll be chatting about who might get nominated for the Best New Artist Award at the upcoming Grammys. Could Billie Eilish walk home with the trophy? Hmm. Will Lizzo even be in the running? Yeah. Lil Nas X, maybe? Place your bets. Hey. Uh, Plus, we've got chart news about Tool, Post Malone, and Lana Del Rey. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's do some chart chat. (laughs) First up, Tool returns in strong form at the top of the Billboard 200 Albums chart as the band's first album in 13 years, Fear Inoculum, debuts at number one with the biggest week for any rock album in over a year. I hope I'm pronouncing Inoculum correctly. That's how I would say it. All right. Uh, I don't even know if it's a real word, but hey. Mm-hmm. Um, the band's third number one, that just shows I'm like really stupid possibly. <laughs> the band's third number one bows with 270,000 equivalent album units earned in the week ending September 5th, in the U.S., according to Nielsen Music. And of that sum, 248,000 were in album sales. Now, the last rock album to post a bigger week than Fear Inoculum in either equivalent album units or album sales was Dave Matthews Band's Come Tomorrow, which bowed with 292,000 units, of which 285,000 were in album sales. And that was a little over a year ago, back in June of 2018. Now, I found this particular nugget super interesting. What's that? That Fear Inoculum's big debut is a rare example of a number one album that had no assistance from any kind of concert ticket, album sale, redemption bundle thing offer. No, like, pre-order the album and get a pre-sale access code to buy tickets early jazz Not a single merchandise album bundle. There was not a single t-shirt album bundle thing on the horizon. No bundles. No bundles. Taylor Swift had dozens of bundles. Brockhampton, like a week ago, had 81 different bundles. Mm -hmm. Tool, not a bundle. I mean, nothing replaces 13 years of anticipation from a rabid fan base as Absolutely. they continue to perform and yeah. you know get people all riled up and th- <laughs> this was also and this was you know their last album which came out a zillion years ago um 10,000 days i think was the last album um or was it lateralist anyway their last i mean they have a history of selling lots and lots of albums yeah. like they would easily debut with like hundreds of thousands of albums sold in the first week however it's been 13 years so you don't know if that's a guarantee that anyone's right. actually going to turn Pay, up in its yeah first week. cares still so but can you imagine like maynard tweeting like make sure to pre-save and pre- <laughs> pre-order and pre-order get your tool yeah. t-shirt album bundle here <laughs> the idea of that get your fear inoculum socks <laughs> oh 
and also what's really uh, this isn't part of the script but i did mention it in my story <laughs> online they only had two formats available for the album they had a digital download of the album by the way the album is not really meant for like you know easy super listening like i think more than half the album has songs that are like more than 10 minutes long which is crazy that's just what tool does but um it was available as a digital download or a CD, and the CD was only available in a really elaborate deluxe package that cost, that retailed for anywhere between $45 and $50, mm. and it came with a like a four-inch HD screen inside the package, a two-watt speaker, and it played video, like an exclusive video that complemented the audio you were hearing. It was a very elaborate package, and it like basically sold out everywhere. Anyway, it's just cool that Tool can show people, look, you can still have a number one the really old-fashioned way. Right. With a just, rock album. With a rock album. Just wait 13 years, drop the album right. with an HD screen inside, got a number one. And perform at least once a year, like, you know, headline Coachella once in a while. Sure. And then, and there. Um, okay, well, next, staying with the Billboard 200 chart, Lana Del Rey's Norman, effing Rockwell. <laughs> You're not going to go for it? Fucking Rockwell. <laughs> debuts at number three with 104,000 equivalent album units earned and 66,000 of that sum was in album sales. Now, Norman tallies Del Rey her sixth top 20 effort. No, top 10 effort, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. And her last album, 2017's Lust for Life, opened at number one with 107,000 units, and 80,000 of that was in album sales. So she's about on par with what she did last time. Meanwhile, a track on the album debuts on the Hot 100 chart this week, the Billboard Hot 100, as Del Rey's cover of Sublime's Doin' Time... Uh, debuts at number 59 on the Hot 100. Now, Sublime's version topped out at number 87 back in January of 1998. So now we've had two different versions of Doin' Time, which... And inter- you might know it better. Like, a lot of people just call it Summertime, even though it's not called Summertime. But and it interpolates the Gershwin's Summertime yeah. from Porgy and Bess. We probably just played a little bit of the song as we were talking over Yeah, you us. just heard it. You just heard a little snippet of it. But, uh, yeah, we were just talking about the fact that in the year 2019, Rodgers and Hammerstein and the Gershwins are on the Hot 100 because yep. of Ariana Grande's Seven Rings. Interpolating uh, my favorite things from and Sound now, Music. And now, doing time. Yeah. Uh, who's next? <laughs> Learner and Low. <laughs> what would be, like, the biggest hit from them? I don't know. Something from... What, what, like, what big musical did they They did have? Guys and Dolls. Oh, Luck Be a Lady. There you go. There so, you go. Oh, well, that, that could easily be interpolated 100%. Post Malone, get on it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Post Malone, um, staying on the Hot 100, uh, as Lizzo's Truth Hurts holds at number one for a second week on the Hot 100, Post Malone's latest single, Circles, debuts at number seven. Uh, That gives Posty his eighth top ten on the chart. Uh, The track previews Post Malone's new album, Hollywood's Bleeding, which was released last Friday, September 6th, and is on course to debut at number one on next week's Billboard 200 Albums chart possibly starting with between 475,000 and 500,000 equivalent album units earned in the weekend of September 12th, according to industry forecasters. Just, I have to instantly correct myself. <laughs> Lerner and Lowe didn't do Guys and Dolls. It was Frank Lesser that did Guys and Dolls. That's Lerner and Lowe oh. did uh, lots of other things. <laughs> Just not Guys and Dolls. They did My Fair Lady. They did Camelot. They did all sorts of good stuff. All right. This is Katie correcting her Broadway knowledge well, or lack thereof. Luckily, that that means, thank you for correcting, that means we don't have to edit anything Exactly. Later. Luck be a lady. Um, all right. So <laughs> back to Posty. If Hollywood's Bleeding debuts in number one, it will give Post Malone his second number one following last year's Beer Bongs and Bentleys. 
Also speaking of Post Malone. Hey, speaking of Post Malone. He was rather famously rendered ineligible last year for Best New Artist at the Grammy Awards. Still and shocking. yeah, I mean, everyone thought he kind of would have run away with it potentially had he been nominated. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of weird rules. Like he, he basically <laughs> he effectively I think he had released too much stuff that made him too popular before yeah. last year. Yes. I mean, it was fine. He got nominated, I think, for a record of the year and for album Rockstar of the year. and Ar- album of the year. He so did OK. He's fine. Yeah. But we thought since the 2019 Grammy eligibility period just wrapped up on August 31st that we should take a look at some likely contenders for that always complicated category of Best New Artist yeah. at the upcoming 62nd Grammy Awards, which will take place very early on January 26th, 2020. Yes, 2020. <laughs> so I, I did have this written, but I left it out. But I figured I would mention like why. It, 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 aren't the Olympics next year? I don't know. It's not about the Olympics. It's the, it's the Oscars that the, are the issue. The Oscars moved up to February 9th. So did the Oscars move because of the Olympics? I don't know when the Olympics are. Basically, the Oscars went on the date that would have gone to you, see, the Grammys. I'll, I'll explain the Oscars. So yeah. the Oscars moved. They announced they were moving to February 9th. Now, that is normally when the Grammys would be. Now, you would say, all right, well, maybe the Grammys could just be February 2nd, which is the previous Sunday. Nope, that's the Super Bowl. Yeah. So we got to go for the previous Sunday. So because- <laughs> What if the Super Bowl and the Grammys are on the same day? <laughs> Sorry, never, two, that never two, happened. Two very different audiences. And for all we know, CBS oh, might they have both of them this year. Oh, they overlap. They um, overlap. So, yeah. So anyway, because of the moving up the Grammys... Uh, in terms of its broadcast date, you had to move everything else in the calendar up. Yeah, it's a mess. So normally the eligibility period year ends at the end of September every year. Right. This year it's like a whole month earlier. Uh The nominations will come out earlier. Everything's earlier. And so just to refresh you, last year's uh, winner for Best New Artist was friend of the podcast, Dua Lipa, two-time guest. Yes. Uh, Yes. Yeah. That's right. And uh, she beat out Chloe and Halle, Luke Combs, Greta Van Fleet, her... Margot Price. Friend of the podcast, B.B. Rexa. B.B. Rexa and Georgia Smith. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to find out who gets nominated this year on uh, November 20th. So we still have some time. And maybe we'll talk about the other categories leading up to that moment. But yeah, if, if you guys like this and you yeah, want more. <laughs> let us know. <laughs> we'll do a whole series of these things. <laughs> if you want us to hit the whole big four. If you don't hear us talking about the next three, you didn't like it. <laughs> next week, we'll have best surround sound album. <laughs> um, so we thought we'd break down some of the likely contenders for the eight positions is eight slots eight slots for best new artist nominees so keith get us started okay so i think the 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 biggest most obvious like they she she's got like an arrow with blinking neon around it is billy eilish yes um when we fall asleep where do we go when we all fall asleep when we all fall asleep where do we go album debuted at number one on the billboard 200 chart um which followed her breakout success with don't smile at me um, she's had a number one on the Hot 100 with Bad Guy and a bunch of other hit singles. Um, Critically she, and commercially beloved. Uh, you know, a, a dynamic, interesting, young performer that has a great story. Really Writes makes, all her own music like, it, with her brother. It's a great it's a great story, and it's something that, you know, is just like, it's obvious. It's obvious she'll be nominated. It's a great, authentic story, and, and yeah. Yeah. That's going to happen. We're just, we're telling you. We're telling you. Now watch, she won't. <laughs> uh, She'll be this year's Post Malone. Somehow yeah, she'll... Well, okay, so speaking once again of Post Malone, uh, this year's potential Post Malone mm. is Lizzo. Yeah. Because uh, if you've been paying attention to Lizzo, she's been around for quite some time. Yeah. Um, it's just that the world started paying attention now, basically. Yeah. She's released a lot of material before her breakout album, Because I Love You. She's released at least... 
two, three, like like at least two other albums and a couple EPs before that. Yeah. Oh, and we we have failed to say so far. We are um, working off some predictions based on Billboard Awards editor Paul Grine. Yes. He's been following this like basically month to month, talking about new contenders. Um, adding people as they come and you know he does not know yet whether Lizzo will qualify yeah so we're just saying this like we don't know yeah so we we do not know but if she is uh in the running feels like her and Billy are like just head to head like that's that's the race yeah you know either way it's like well there will be a fabulous lady who wins. Exactly. Unless suddenly the two ladies split the vote. And both of them have uh, earned their first number one in the Hot 100 within the last you know month yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so the reason why Lizzo may not qualify is because the Grammys have some s- specifics around who can qualify for Best New Artist. And it's something about if you've released like more, like th- it, like th- more than three albums or like more than 30 tracks, like, you know, basically you put out too much work to make yourself eligible. Yeah. But um, there probably are examples of people that maybe have a similar kind of discography where maybe some of those songs or albums were not maybe nationally distributed or mm-hmm. maybe did get a wide release. And so maybe there's some sort of weird way to squeak someone in. Yeah. I, I, it's, I don't know. Ask- so we don't know. But if she's there, she's got a good shot. Yeah, yeah. It's a tie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. um, what, what's the next one? Maggie Rogers, who uh, her album... Uh, her debut album, Heard It in a Past Life, debuted at number two on the Billboard 200 just this year. She is, uh, you know, on the quieter side. This is not somebody that pl- gets played on the radio. She did per- uh, perform on SNL. Is she like a, um, like a Americana folk? No. No, no oh, not God, at all. I'm, I'm sorry, Maggie. It's very, very pop kind of rock. Um, I would almost say like maybe like Himes music. Oh. Like um, really just like really cool voice, really fun productions, sometimes oh, poppy. Oh, wait. Yes, I remember there was like a really cool, oh God, I'm, I'm such an idiot. I'm so sorry, Maggie. <laughs> I remember um, there was a couple songs, and I, I think KCRW in Los Angeles was playing one of them, and I was wildly surprised that what I heard was this woman named Maggie Rogers. You've been over here being like, is it Margot Price? Yeah, and I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> no, think- she's awesome. Yeah, okay. And another one who's uh, a critical favorite uh, feels like, you know, if the Grammys pick up on her, she could be the kind of person that gets nominations across a bunch of categories, you know? Yeah. With this with this album, because it's a great album. It could be nominated for Album of the Year. It could know. be. It could be. Yeah. Um, okay, so someone else who's probably pretty plausible, Louis Capaldi. Um Singer-songwriter um, had a, a huge year in the UK, um, but yeah, unstoppable year in the UK. Huge, huge, huge. And uh, then he crossed over and found success with the single "Someone You Loved," which is a top twenty hit on the Hot 100 chart, and it continues to reach new heights on our singles charts. And his album, uh, "Divinely Uninspired," to a hellish extent, uh, has reached the top forty on the Billboard 200 chart. What's also working for him is that he has like this great. It's like this sort of irresistible personality. He's mm. kind of, he's like, um, he's funny. He's irreverent. Um, he doesn't take himself too seriously. Um, and I think people really gravitate towards that. Mm. Like when you, it's like, you know, there, when there, there's something more than just like, oh, it's a hit song. Well, but then he also like has, there's just an automatic seriousness attached to like a singer songwriter guy too. Right. But like Ed Sheeran's probably a good example of somebody whose personality that. carried him very far and then obviously like is also a grammy favorite so 
Lewis. Yeah, Lewis. You might have heard of our next possible option. His name is Lil Nas X. Who? <laughs> this is going to be a very interesting topic. Paul has written a lot about this as well on Billboard.com. Will the Grammys take Lil Nas X seriously? You know, or will they think that Old Town Road was gimmicky? It's it's you can't ignore him. Like 19 weeks at number one on the Hot 100, you better not ignore him. But to Paul's point, the Grammys didn't really give any love to the Macarena, and that had a lot of weeks at number one as well. So yeah. it's now, really yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's it's like it's do you view this as the Macarena, or do you view this as Despacito? Or exactly. is it somewhere in between? I think it's somewhere in between. To me, if I'm guessing, I would think Old Town Road gets record of the year love because how couldn't it? Like that to me. Especially with eight slots. Yes. And Lil Nas X does not get this love. No. That's what I kind of think. But you can't you can't not talk about him in this category because like if you're talking about the most dynamic new artist in the past year, you have to talk about this guy. And Panini is also like an actual like he's got a follow up, you know, that's also done well. It's nothing like Old Town Road. No, but... nothing will ever be like Old exactly. Town Road. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh if 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 Old Town Road had just been like a moderate hit and he followed up with another moderate hit with Panini, mm-hmm. and and his his EP seven had had done well and to be in the top ten. He would be like, oh, great! But there was so much baggage attached to Old Town mm-hmm. Road that it's like, does is is it a novelty? Is he a serious artist? Is he someone that just happened to find the right meme and the right humor at the right, right time right, right. with the right sample? Right. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. I think it's also going to be interesting to see outside of the best new artist, new artist category. What genre? What genre? Terrifying. I mean, they're they're TVD. They're, I, I don't know if you can Google and find out. There is a bit of a history with genre around this song. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? Um, but the song just got nominated like a week or so ago for the Country Music Association Award, the CMA Awards for best um, uh, musical event of the year. Okay, uh, with Billy Ray, with obviously. Billy Ray Cyrus, the Billy Ray Cyrus version. Yeah. That was the only nomination it got, so they felt that in that category it worked. It was an event, but you know the the country the country genre committee at the Grammys is a very traditional list. Yeah. So I can't see that even if it did qualify that they would get nominated there. But anyway, that's that's another cop, that's another topic for another day. <laughs> for sure. Um th- this person you're familiar with. Katie. Yeah, Rosalia, she's a Spanish singer and uh has just like taken off like wildfire in Latin music. People are obsessed with her. She's done she has a really high profile collaboration with Jay Balvin that's done really well. Um, she feels like a really obvious choice because, once again, critical and commercial and a great success, represent- hand a re- in hand. A great representation of Latin music yes. and in the new artist category, like some of the other top categories, but new artists especially, they like to sp- spread the love. Exactly. It's like find a country artist, find a rock artist, find, you know, a rap artist. Yeah. Ooh, so who could that hip-hop speaking person of, be? Speaking of hip-hop, Megan Thee Stallion uh, could get a nomination this year in, in, a, in a year where, you know, we've seen, and actually the past couple of years we've had female hip-hop artists break through, Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, City Girls. Um, Megan Thee Stallion could be the one who breaks through to get the nomination for Best New Artist as well. She had a couple hits in Big Ol' Freak and Cash It. And also her album Fever debuted in the top 10 on the Billboard 200. So And then, and then Hot Girl Summer came out. With Nicki Minaj and right. Ty Dolla Sign, and that was kind of like the cherry on top of the entire thing. Right. Like just, she's just in she, time for the end of the year. Well, she started the Hot Girl Summer meme, and then she had this song to kind of like capitalize on it, and it's actually like a really good song too. 
And so. uh, for the country world, we got Morgan Wallen, had a number one hit on the country songs chart with Whiskey Glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're kind of looking for country acts that are just like had big success in country, qualifies, seems like a legitimate person to throw in, Morgan fits. Yes, and I also suggested that uh, there's a trio of ladies uh, called Runaway June that uh, have their first big hit called Buy My Own Drinks. That once that could be real Grammy bait, honestly. I think like there yeah. and th- that song is great. Uh, yeah. And I think uh, speaking of someone, if that's your possibility, yes. I think my possibility, and it kind of falls in sort of in sort of the Dua Lipa, BB Rexa kind of pure pop territory. Mm-hmm. Perhaps Ava Max, if there's room oh, sure. for her. She had a huge hit with Sweet But Psycho, it was top ten hit on the Hot 100. Um, she makes incredible pop. Now, she hasn't completely followed up Sweet But Psycho yet with a huge, another huge hit, but you feel like there's probably enough love there to like maybe she can get into a group of eight. Yeah. Um, but we shall see. But these, you know, let's see how, how, and these are, you know, maybe we missed four people that might get the nomination. Ah. Oh, yeah. Let's just throw in real quick because we know Grammys, especially in this category, love R&B. Kiana Lede could have a chance. Yeah. Uh, she has a, a hit with the song X and kind of fits into the her and, you know, Ella may category so who knows yeah. there could be some random new classical artists that we didn't know about that could be nomination we'll find out okay now it's time for the chart stat of the week okay katie can you name the only act to win all of the top four grammy categories in a single night and those four categories are album of the year Record of the Year, Song of the Year, which is a Songwriters Award, and Best New Artist. This is the kind of trivia that, like, a name immediately popped into my head, so I might have already read this before, if I'm right. Who was it? Christopher Cross. You are correct. Yeah, so I knew this trivia. At the 23rd Grammy Awards on February 23rd, 1981. Honey, the 23rd Grammys on February 23rd. Hmm. I wonder if I transcribed something wrong. (laughs) His, his self-titled album won, Christopher Cross's self-titled album won Album of the Year. His number one Hot 100 to hit Sailing won Record of the Year. And Sailing also won for Song of the Year. And since it's a songwriter's award and Christopher Cross wrote the song, he won that award. And he won Best New Artist. And it was on February 25th. <laughs> Thank God for Katie. 1981. Well, um, <laughs> later in 1981... Cross notched another Hot 100 number one hit with Arthur's theme, Best That You Can Do, which happened Hmm. to climb into the top 10 this week that year. Hmm. So on the chart dated September 12th, 1981, Arthur's theme rose 24 to 9 before eventually spending three weeks at number one in October of 1981. So there you have it. This week in 1981, the only act to win the big, the big, big, the only act to win the big four categories at the Grammys all on the same night, Christopher Cross notched another top 10 hit on the Hot 100 with Arthur's theme. You know, Billy could do that. Yeah. I don't know that Bad Guy is the, like, indisputable song and record of the year, though. I feel like it's much more likely that she went, she could win album and artist, best new artist. Yeah. But but, but what, she could. She'd be eligible. But what if Lizzo's nominated for album, song, record? 
Best new artist. I don't know. Once again, Truth Hurts came out like three years ago, right? <laughs> oh, is Truth Hurts even eligible for record know. of the year? Who knows? Just like Lizzo's <laughs> entire catalog dates from 2016. <laughs> We're just discovering her now. Oh. Um, okay, so what song should we go out on? Oh, man. Talked about a lot of people. Um, we did. Oh, wh- who are some of your favorite winners for Best New Artist? And we can go oh, out on Oh, in the past? Um, Esperanza Spalding. <laughs> I couldn't even say it with a straight face. I don't even know what song she I, I don't either. She is a jazz artist. She's lovely. She's great. But she beat Justin Bieber for Best New Artist, and her fans like have never gotten over it. Okay, so I'll so I'll <laughs> go. go. To, I'll go to iTunes. So you won't, you don't want me to pick? Oh no, I want you to pick. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm saying pick oh, something. Oh, jeez, I don't know. I'll just I'll just go with like Mariah Carey because she's oh, amazing that's a and perfect she won for one. Best New Artist. That is probably the Grammy's best pick for Best New Artist, like maybe ever. Ever? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no shade to everyone else who's ever won. Um, so should we go out on a song from Esperanza or Mariah? Mariah. Okay, Vision of Love it is. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.